Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Sunday, November 5th, 2017. This is episode 137. How should teachers handle additional tasks from administrators? Before we can discuss today's episode, we need to first understand what the question in today's title is all about. Teachers receiving additional tasks from administration. When I say this, I'm not talking about the beginning of the school year in which a teacher is being asked to do X, Y, and Z. That's not what this is about today. What this is about is a teacher who has already received his or her schedule and at some point during the school year, that teacher is being asked to do additional tasks. And I like to say it like that because it could be many different things. Could have to do with paperwork, could have to do with responsibilities with uh, associated with someone else's job. It could be covering classes. It could be teaching a class that's not in that particular person's subject area. It could have to do with substituting for classes. There are a lot of different areas that this covers. So I want to be clear about that right from the start. The other thing I want to address would be administrators. Now, this is by no means going to be a podcast in which I'm going to sit here and bash administrators because that's just not fair. And the reason it's not fair is because, yes, there are some administrators that leave a lot to be desired out there in the world, but the same could definitely be said about teachers. And because there are a heck of a lot more teachers than administrators, there are probably a lot more teachers out there that, well, they're just not getting the job done. But I appreciate the fact that you're tuning in today because you are somebody who wants to make a difference and you're trying to figure out how to tackle this problem that you're having. All too often, I see people, I hear people who complain about this particular issue, and they complain specifically about administration. So let's talk about administrators for a minute. If you're in a particular school for your entire career, more than likely, you are not going to have more than 10 administrators you'll ever deal with. If you're in a school district, in which you've worked in a few different schools, you may have closer to 20. That's over the course of an entire career. Call it 35 years. But if you've been in multiple school districts, and I have, you're going to have a heck of a lot more administrators, and especially depending on the district. Over the course of my career, I've had over 50 administrators. To say that they've been varying personalities would be an understatement. Some of them have been spectacular. Some of them, not so much. We first need to understand 
the reason that an administrator is asking anyone to do anything. Years ago, I found that a lot of administrators, whenever they would ask a teacher or anyone in the building to do something for them, often it was a favor. And even more often, the favor would be repaid in some way. I'm sure in some districts, everything was completely legitimate and transparent. And there was nothing that was, shall we say, shady. And then we had some other situations where you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And there were some unsavory things that may have gone down in your school. Things that you can't do anything about because you weren't in the in crowd with that particular principal. Or that person played favorites, whatever the case may be. But I can tell you that going back about 15 years compared with today, it's a whole new ball game. In my experience, especially over the past 10 to 15 years, more emphasis on the last 10 years, administrators have separated themselves a lot more from teachers. I think teachers, to some level, had always been separate from administrators anyway, but now, even more, more so than ever, the administrators have their own faction. Administrators speak with other administrators. Could be within the district, could be with the towns next door. They have principal meetings in many areas of the country. And these principal meetings, I'm not just talking about within the district, where the principals know each other in different districts. So if you're looking to move to another district, and you know that your principal ha is pretty well connected, there's a pretty good chance the person that interviews you is probably gonna know your principal. A lot of this has changed. 15 years ago, most of the people I dealt with absolutely could not have cared any less about the connections they were making on the outside. And that's not a bad thing, per se. They just didn't care. They were happy with where they were as administrators. And I'm, you're wondering, why are you saying all this? How is this important? Well, this is part of your issue. If you don't understand this, then you're not going to understand how to approach the situation where you're being asked to do additional things in your school. If you understand this better and the politics behind all of it, you're going to be much better off and hopefully be able to decrease some stress and angst in your life. Administrators all need things done in a school. 
some of them are great at what they do and some of them are completely ineffective. Some delegate extremely well while others need to do everything themselves. Some are on top of everything and some of them are completely unorganized. You need to know all of these things about the administrators in your building. You have to know these things. Because one thing I can tell you is if you do the task that your administrator wants you to do, whatever it is, you're going to make them happy. Even if they don't like you, even if they can't stand you, they ask you to do something, you're going to make them happy. Now, to what extent? And how far can they go? And how much can they ask of you? Well, for starters, if you have a union, these are conversations you should have had with them by now. If you don't have a union, or you had a conversation with them and you don't know where to go or who to ask, hopefully this will help you. One thing I will say to teachers though, and you need to get this into your heads, sitting around the faculty room or at home or in a forum or a group online and complaining and woe is me and my job is awful and I don't like this person and this isn't fair. You know what? You're, nothing is productive about this. It's the same as being told to do something and you go into your desk and you just cry for several hours. Well, you got to release some emotion, but you got nothing accomplished. Nothing. And that might be necessary, but we have to be sure that whenever we're asked to do something, we do it. We don't bat an eye, and we don't go crazy and fly off the handle at the moment it happens. I did not say... And that's why I love these podcasts, because nobody's going to cut me off. I did not say that you never look into the issue. But at the time you're being asked, do it. What's a valid reason you can't do it? A valid reason would be a situation I had very, very early in my career. And I want to share it with you, and hopefully you can learn from it. I had a principal who liked me just fine. But there came a point in the school year 
where there were just a few things that I wasn't doing to the best of my ability, he started to get a little aggravated with me. And I was in the wrong. I'm not going to try to act like I was right. I was absolutely in the wrong. And one day, he gave me and several other teachers an asinine directive. It wasn't a hard directive. The directive was for us to supervise an area for an hour at the end of the school day. And the supervision absolutely did not fall into my job description. The supervision was glorified babysitting. And it was a complete slap in the face to all of the specialists in the school. In other words, the non-essential teachers in the views of many people in the world. We were all supposed to be in the cafeteria supervising several hundred students. As it turns out, out of the hour we were supposed to be there, 20 minutes into the hour I was supposed to be there was my time to leave. I had a special clause in my particular schedule where I had an early time release because my day started before everyone else's. 40 plus minutes before everyone else's. So I was able to get out of school early. This is absolutely a justified reason to not have to do what the person's asking me to do. At this point, when the administrator asks you, you politely say to the administrator, I, 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 I can cover the first 20 minutes to just remember that today is my early release. 98% of the time, you're not going to have any problems. Unfortunately, there are some administrators out there might abuse their power. And this administrator certainly was someone who could be tough. But he did ask me to do something he had forgotten I had an early time release. Our reaction could be, well, what's wrong with you? You run the school. Well, yes, the person runs the school, but to be fair, they have a lot on their plate. People make mistakes. Give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Administrators have to do a lot more now than ever before. And the same could be said for teachers. I didn't handle the situation right. What I did, instead of calmly explaining the situation, I ignored it. I never said anything. I assumed that he knew I had this early release. 
he expected that I would be there for that full hour. As it turns out, I left early. I said nothing to anyone, just like any other day. I never had to say anything to anyone to announce my departure from the school. On this day, I should have, and I didn't, and I didn't communicate. To say he was irate was an understatement. It wound up becoming a gigantic issue, and it was ugly. And it took a lot of time out of my life and his life and several others to resolve the issue. And it got resolved. The point is, my poor decision contributed to this. And it could have been avoided by me just having a conversation with him. Because back then no email or writing a simple note to him or at least passing a message along to the secretary I didn't do any of these things didn't handle the situation right what I'm reading online what I'm hearing from a lot of educators across the United States is that they're increasingly being asked to do all these different things that just are not part of their job description. The question I ask you is, when you're being asked to do whatever it is you're being asked to do, is it causing more time in your schedule to accomplish the task? In other words, let's say you have a prep period and a lunch period. Is it running into your lunch? Is it running into your prep period? Is it taking away from something else? I did not say anything about taking away from your lesson. I'm talking about taking away time from your schedule. You see, what a lot of teachers fail to realize because they're not involved enough in either their union or they know nothing about their contract and they have never taken the time to read it carefully. And I am guilty as charged at the start of my career. I never read my contract, ever. Why not? Because nobody ever told me I had to. Now, if an administrator told me I had to, I would. But no, there's nobody who's reading the collective bargaining agreement. Nobody. Unless you absolutely have to. You're not required to, so it just sits there. It just is. 100-page document in most cases. When they figure all that stuff out, everything ultimately comes down to how many hours a teacher is in the school throughout the course of a school year. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And they take that and they balance all of that in relation to what's being provided to the students and health benefits and salary, the budget, everything. They're putting it all together. 
in one gigantic stew pot. And they're trying to figure out how long you should be wherever it is you're going to be and what the expectations are going to be. I've seen unions that have vociferously fought things like an increase in a period from 40 minutes to 45 minutes to the point where it's gotten in incredibly ugly. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you have to understand how those minutes come into play. Now that we understand this, and hopefully you've done your research or you're going to check these things out, now let's tackle the issue. See, if you don't know all this stuff, just like anything else, how can you have the expectations of your students to do all this research when you're not going to do the research yourself as a teacher? To me, it's a no-brainer. Whenever a board of education who employs the administration and then you're next down on the food chain, when the board of education says that you are going to be teaching periods one, two, three, and you're going to have a prep period, period four, and you're going to have some type of hall duty period five and you're going to be teaching period six and you have lunch period seven and you're teaching periods eight and nine that's your schedule guess what that means folks that means that during all of your actual teaching times during all of your actual teaching times they can do what Ever they want. You could get your schedule and a month later they could tell you um, for three out of these five periods you're going to go out into the parking lot and you're going to direct traffic. What do you do? How do you react? Is the reaction to go into the main office and give them a piece of your mind? Because you know what? That's what I'm hearing from teachers. Absolutely one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. Go into the office and make a scene. And you are accomplishing what exactly? You're accomplishing nothing. You're going to make yourself look like a fool. You're going to come off being looking like the jerk even though you didn't do anything wrong, or maybe you did to cause that, perhaps that type of behavior is the reason why you got assigned the parking lot in the first place. Let's say your prep period is period four. They can come to you and say, you are teaching now period four today. Your prep period is period three. You don't have a choice. That's what they have decided. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong in your opinion. Your opinion does not matter. 
And I don't say this in a mean way, but in the terms of what needs to be accomplished in the course of a school year and what's being asked by your administrator, if they didn't need it to be done, chances are they wouldn't be asking you to do it. They have the right to put you wherever they want, whenever they want, with no forward notice. Now, is it an unbelievable inconvenience? Absolutely. Is it completely disrespectful to you as a teacher who has spent heaven knows how many hours planning your lessons? Most definitely. Are you being respected and appreciated for what you bring as an educator every day? No. And if you go one step further and you're a specialist, physical education, music, art, maybe some type of computer instructor, technology, where you're not one of the core subjects, expect it to happen even more to you. And I have a message for those people. Be happy you have a job. Unfortunately, the powers that be, and very sadly, the powers that be in our country seem to think that the only thing that matters is math and English or language arts. We know, and I think that a true math or language arts instructor, a good one, knows too. That does not make for a rounded person. Because we all know that we had our subjects we struggled with as we grew up. And chances are, you didn't love all four of your core subjects. It's probably one you liked less than the others or you weren't as good at. And you may have not been good at several. They are still king. And the queen right by their side will always be athletics. And athletics are not even part of the school day. You have to understand how your school system works before you react. You have to know why the person's asked you to do what you're, they've asked you to do. What are you supposed to do? What do I do in this situation? This is unfair. Yes, it's unfair. What do you do? My advice. Do it. And I can hear some of you screaming. Why does he keep on saying that? I'm saying it because that's how you handle the situation. After the fact, after you do what you've been asked to do, or you've been told to do it, and you're prepared to do it, 
You then communicate with the appropriate people who can take action on your behalf. In this case, this would be the union. And you let them know. And you ask their advice. And they may advise you to go in on your own. In most situations, unions may not want you to go in alone. They may want to go with you and ask to have a meeting. Some unions will not want to do that because they may not want to make a mountain out of a molehill and draw attention to you and to them and to the entire situation. And they may simply say, keep it low key. But I'll tell you this. If you decide to overreact and make a scene and threaten your principal and make ridiculous demands, even if you're right, you will not win the war. You might win a battle, but you're not going to win the war in the end. It's not going to end well for you. Because at the very least, you're going to be unhappy. And that's the least. More than likely, you'll be transferred out of your building. They'll make life completely miserable for you to the point that you are going to want to retire. Or quit. Leave the district and go somewhere else. I have seen it happen way too many times in my career. And I don't want that to happen to you. If you've been good enough to listen to this episode and you care enough about your job, I really do not... I don't want that to happen to anyone. I don't think anybody should go through that. But I think it's especially awful when you're aware and you're trying to do something about it. And I feel for you. But in this day and age, there is no one in the quote-unquote real world who is going to have an ounce of sympathy for you as a teacher in a classroom where you're not having to deal with the elements on the outside and you're not dealing with the uncertainty of knowing whether you're going to have a job the next day and you're not dealing with environments that may not be controlled very well. People have less understanding, less tolerance for those in the education field, more than I've ever seen. Never forget that. Once upon a time, the teacher was the be-all, end-all. The teacher said something, and it was gospel. And everybody believed it and went for it. And teachers had a different relationship with, with families, and they had a different relationship with administrators. It has all changed. It's a new game. Welcome to 2017. Welcome to the 21st century. Welcome to a complete seismic shift 
in which, as we speak right now, the person who has been appointed to lead the Department of Education, we know to be fair and not to get into anything involving politics because I don't do that. She's not very well liked. We can just leave it there. And you can form your own opinions. We do know that, though, based on everything that we've heard from everybody in the world and all the press releases, not very well liked. And there's been a lot of controversy. Don't be part of the controversy. Just do your job. Keep your head high. Understand that things are different. If you don't make waves, everything will be fine. And you pick your spots. And if you're a well-respected person in your district, everything's going to work out fine. If you're known to be a pain in the neck, it's probably not going to work out as well. I thank you so much, as always, from the bottom of my heart for tuning into these podcasts. They mean everything to me. I hope you get something out of it. Again, the best compliment you can pay to me is to simply share it with others. They're free. I do them for the benefit of all, and I want people to get something out of them because we all can be better, and we all want to be better for the sake of the children. Be well.